Welcome everyone to the third episode of Fintech for the People Season 2. I'm Ami Parbu, your host and managing partner of Axion Venture Lab. Axion Venture Lab is a leading early stage venture capital fund that has invested in 60 companies expanding access to financial services for underserved populations around the world. In this season, we're showcasing six companies in our portfolio, all of which use embedded finance to serve small businesses in a more contextualized way. Embedded finance is a hot topic in fintech, and rightly so. It's redefining how financial services are offered seamlessly into consumers and small businesses' everyday experiences. Tune in each week to learn from a new founder about the challenges they're tackling, their approach to building inclusive fintech companies, and their long-term visions. Last week, we spoke with Mir Hawk, founder and CEO of Fairbank, about how they provide their customers, mom-and-pop retailers in Indonesia, with a simple, embedded, buy-now-pay-later solution. Today, I'm excited to welcome Mukul Garg, founder and CEO of Agrim. Agrim is a digital platform for the $50 billion agri-input industry in India, connecting small agri-retailers across the country with manufacturers and providing a one-stop shop of inputs, distribution, and financing. Mukul, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Amy. Well, before we get started and dive into Agrim, tell us more about yourself. What were you doing prior to starting Agrim? I'm an engineer by education, so graduated in 2009. This is my first startup. Prior to this, I did something in holiday space. And after that, I was working uh, with Blackbird in a leadership role. There, uh, it was more about SME India, where we were building the logistics solution for small fleet owners and small business owners, where it was more like Uber and Ola for trucking space in India. Back in 2016-17, Jio came in India, which led to rural adoption of uh, internet and like, you know, the utility application around that. So these two supernova forces fueled rural and SME growth in India on internet. So in Blackbuck, I rode that wave and... Uh, we scaled the business from almost $0 in revenue to a billion dollar in revenue, right, in three and a half years, and changing the lives of all the stakeholders in the ecosystem. So I guess that inspired me on to what I'm doing today. I fundamentally believe, like, you know, as a human being, technology can change the way people have lived. So essentially, technology can change the things at grassroots level, across industries, across countries, across geographies. So I guess that is the excitement I have, if I can play some part in that. And I know your family also has a background in agriculture. Did that influence your decision to explore agritech and ultimately start Agrim? Sure. So interestingly, so I took a sabbatical after, like, you know, when Blackbuck touched a billion dollar mark. So that, that was when I said, like, you know, okay, so this is done. What is the next thing which I want to do? So at that point in time, I was evaluating multiple ideas. So at a GDP level, what I figured out, like, you know, agriculture is one such sector where technology hasn't changed much in the last 30 odd years. And then I come from a state called Haryana in, in India, right? And my entire family has been into the agriculture business one or the other way. So interestingly, like I understood marketplaces, I understood agriculture because of the background. I guess most of the checkboxes which I had in my head, large industry, technology can bring disruption and the rural adoption. 
in itself, which is there, right? How can you actually build something on top of that? So I guess that helped me, like, you know, my family background actually helped me understand the space really well. On top of that, like what I learned from my last two startups. So everything came together. Yeah, perfect moment for Agrim. So could you tell us about the problem Agrim is solving and, and how you're solving it? So there are like, you know, when we look at the agriculture value chain, so the value chain is like in two parts. One is the agriculture inputs and another is output. So in India, average land holding is very thin. Average land holding at a farmer level is less than one hectare. And the capability to pay for the technology is lesser as compared to the Western part of the world. So what it means is, so anyone who is manufacturing good quality inputs, taking that to the farmer level is a big challenge. Just purely from a simple reason that there is a high fragmentation of demand in the country. So just for a manufacturer to take their technology or in agri inputs to these farmers becomes a major challenge. And traditionally how this was solved, like, you know, one manufacturer will build three or four layer distribution to reach to this farmer. And the issue is today, as we speak, is able to reach to the farmer. Whereas small SME brand or a mid-sized brand have a difficulty to reach to the farmer. So how do we solve that? Like today, essentially when I come from like technology background, I think like this problem is simple. But when we look at the traditional channel, they never thought this can be solved. With Agrim, what we are saying is there are close to 1.2 million retailers in India, those who are serving these farmers. And essentially like these retailers act as a doctor as well, agriculture doctor for these farmers where they go take the consultation and basis their consultation, they buy the product. So we said like, you know, if we want to serve to the farmer, that will be a huge challenge because they rely on the offline network with the retailers today. And it's not just the e-commerce what they are doing there. It's more of a complete consultation, which also happens at that note. So we said, can we build a platform where we bring manufacturers on one side and retailers on the other side? And from there, we take care of the entire logistics, fulfillment, and the payments part of that. So we, for, for a manufacturer who is sitting in the north, north part of India, right, can reach to the retailer in the southern part of the country, right, without even doing or building the marketing team. So the idea is like, you know, there are close to 80,000 manufacturers in India, like my dad's dad. So my like my dad, there are close to 80,000 manufacturers there. So can we build a platform where they can catalog their product and it reaches to the retailer. So that is how we started, right? Now, when we spoke to the retailers initially, what we understood was there were there are four key problems for a retailer. First thing is they don't get a better selection of the products with a local distributor or a wholesaler just because the way offline system is designed. Then the pricing. Because of the multi-layered distribution, the pricing what they get typically is like, you know, 30%, 40% higher than the, what actually it should be. And uh, the doorstep delivery. If you just imagine, in India, most out of this 1.2 million retailers, 80% are sitting in deep rural areas where just finding a bus, public bus connectivity is difficult. So for these fellas, the difficult part is to go to the nearest town and procure that material and then serve the farmer. So that is an opportunity cost. So they wanted a doorstep delivery. The fourth most part, like the four most interesting part is like the fintech, finance. So the, the local ecosystem, 
does not offer credit services. It's very underserved. If it is served, it is very expensive. So for a retailer, it becomes really difficult to serve to this farmer that way. So what we said, like, you know, first, as a company, we will build the marketplace first. And then on top of that, once we start collecting data about these retailers, then we'll start extending credit services to these guys as well, just to manage their inventory well in the in the shop. So this is this is what we are building in Agra. That's a super overview of, yeah, just the the challenges, the complexity of the value chain here and in this simplified way. I mean, effectively Agrim creating a one-stop shop for both these manufacturers who are small businesses in many cases and for the agri-retailers who are small businesses as well. You talked about with Black Buck, you know, the seeing the rise of digitization. I feel like a lot of people think about rural India you know, not having the kind of digital capabilities to work uh, and use apps like what, you know, Agrim has created. What's been the, you know, engagement from the agri-retailers you work with in particular on digital tools? So I want to clear the air. India is not India what it was like 10 years back. So the data consumption, what an urban user does in India is far less than a rural counterpart in India. Because I come from a product background, I happen to interview many people, those who are in the deepest rural area in in the country. Those guys consume close to 4 or 5 GB data every day, per day consumption of data. So for us, imagine the telephone. The telephone, wired telephone was there, then we thought mobile came, and then the internet came. For these guys, it's just direct internet. So the type of, uh, like, you know, the, the users, right, are very intensive in the rural areas. So what I believe, right, now the majority of that data consumption is going towards content as we speak. And you would see that with the evolution of all the vernacular content platforms in India. People still haven't figured out the business or utility use cases for these folks. And agriculture, given agriculture is a major, major workforce driver, right, in the country. So I guess the next five years will be about, you know, changing the landscape through technology for these people on the agriculture front. There is an acceptance, but until like there is something, something executing for them, so they won't get adapted to that. So I guess that is the journey as an entrepreneur, right? We want to win, where we bring these folks to do utility or the commerce on the platform. Right, showing the utility of what can be gained from using that. I want to turn to, and you mentioned kind of the, the four big pain points that agri-retailers have and how Agrim is solving that, that last one around fintech and embedded finance. Why is lending to these retailers so challenging? Why haven't traditional financial institutions been able to cater to them? So I guess uh, this goes like, you know, it goes to the history, the way the way Indian banking system was designed. So the, the distribution of banks, the distribution of the financial products, was restricted to the urban consumers primarily in India. So that's the core history part of it. Now today, with government coming into like, you know, being very focused on the rural India in terms of financing banking products, the real issue with the traditional banks or the NBFCs has been that they don't have any visibility or the profile of these retailers with them. And Because once when you don't have any data or any profile, 
it becomes really difficult for a traditional banking ecosystem to lend working capital. Most often than not, for a working capital, they will take collateral. So that restricts the capability of a retailer. So now with platforms like Agra, where we are able to collect a lot of transactional history of these retailers, what type of products are getting liquidated, how many farmers this retailer is serving, what is the tenure of the shop, what are the licenses the shop has, the type of data which we have been able to collect around these retailers. Just to give you perspective in terms of the data, today we have 200k retailers on the platform. For these retailers, we have close to 400 million data points. So the beauty is like, you know, with this data, you can actually start profiling retailers. And then once that confidence, like the credit model is built out on that data, that gives a lot of confidence to these financial institutions where they can actually come and lend the money. And uh, Agrim as, as a platform acts as a like, you know, soft underwriting and data platform, which helps retailers to get the working capital loan on the platform. So that is how, like, you know, the phase one, that's how we are thinking about it. All right, let's take a quick break. Axion Venture Lab provides capital and extensive support to innovative startups that are bringing affordable, well-designed financial services to underserved populations. Agricultural retailers are a critical link in the value chain that supports farmers' livelihoods. We're excited about Agrim's platform, which not only brings transparency to product discovery and delivery, but it ultimately seeks to also embed affordable financial services for these small businesses. We are thrilled to have Agrim as part of Venture Lab's portfolio, and we'll continue to support the team on their mission to connect small agri-retailers across India with manufacturers while having a positive impact on the overall agricultural landscape in India. Yeah, and, and this gets to really the topic of the season on the podcast, which is embedded finance. And we're, we're talking to startups that are kind of just the technology player enabling through APIs. But we're also talking to platforms like you who are kind of end to end looking at providing the non-financial services as well as the financial services that their customers need. Maybe you can talk us through that a little bit, you know, as a founder in this space, and, you know, you probably hear the term embedded finance all over. How do you find Agrim sitting in that topic, in that kind of, in, in this trend that we're seeing in fintech? So I guess like, you know, the trend, uh, so the trend is new. So when I say like trend, it's like four or five years old trend where we have st- started talking about BNPL, embedded fintech, so on and so forth. When we look at the traditional value chain, which is like, you know, 30, 40 years old and old. It's happening there in an informal fashion because it's a core need. If it was not a core need for the consumer, it won't exist in the offline world also. The technology is actually helping you to build the profile, the build the persona of this retailer in a fashion where you are able to do build a product, a financial product for these consumers at a mass level. So technology is, is the core for the scale. Essentially, this activity is already happening somewhere in the rural part of the country today also. So my belief is the richer data which we keep getting from the consumer or from the retailer, that will keep helping us to extend better financial products to these guys. Right? And just, just, just the sheer scale of it is my excitement. So these retailers are the gateway to rural India today. 
if we onboard these guys and if we connect these nodes on the platform with a embedded fintech, there are huge opportunity for everyone in the ecosystem. So I guess technology is the key driver here. And of course, data in the backend for that. So there are two approaches. So one is the horizontal approach and one is the vertical approach in the embedded fintech, if you, if I think. right. So in horizontal approach, right, the issue really becomes you start generalizing a user. When you are talking about a vertical, you are thinking about that user in and out in your entire workflow of things. So embedded fintech makes a lot of sense for any vertical player, those who are serving that consumer. So I guess embedded fintech is definitely, definitely a big value creator in the vertical play. I mean, fingers crossed, I guess, like, you know, the way the approach which we have taken, we find like, you know, we will be able to solve financial products for at least 500k users in India, maybe in the next five years. So wish us luck on that. You know, you've built capabilities in logistics and marketing. You've built a two-sided marketplace. You've built acquisition of customers on two sides. Now you're layering on the ability to lend. Tactically, how do you approach launching this kind of a product? How much do you do yourself versus partner? When I think about Agrim, I think Agrim as a platform. So when it is a platform, you are acting as a platform like, you know, where both the parties are coming and actually enabling the business rather than a merchant approach where you own everything and then you decide that decide for it. You bring build a marketplace where the participants will come from both sides and will make that make the transaction happen. The approach is first bring the cash transaction on the platform. And then once the people start building the trust on the platform, then basis the data you can start like underwriting these retailers and open up the retailers, like you know, open up more financial institutes on the platform to take the money from. So imagine once we have this data on the platform, can we bring NPFCs and the national banks on the platform to lend to these retailers? Whereas we are not lending from our pocket. That is so huge. Every year, you know, you can build a book of $10 billion in India just in this space. When I think of doing it from my pocket, I would be restricted there. So the approach is, can we build a platform which is actually enabling deployment of the capital on the platform? So that is the approach right now. One thing is clear, like we don't want to take just credit first approach here, where we the moat is the marketplace and the service on top of that is a fin- embedded fintech. Otherwise, the whole reason that data is getting captured, the whole reason the profile is being made stronger is based on the marketplace engine. So the first core principle is solve for the marketplace and then build services on top of that. Well, shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to hear more about your experience of building Agrim. I mean, what's been the most challenging part? How have you overcome that challenge? Interestingly, like we are a COVID-born company. So the day we signed our term sheet, first term sheet, the lockdown was announced in India on the very same day. So fundamentally, from day one, we did not have office. So that's how we started. So in terms of like, you know, building Agrim, I guess one thing has really helped me is So this is my third company, technically. There has been a lot of learnings in the past. I guess from day one, I have been able to build things from a long-term point of view rather than taking tactical solutioning for things, right? So so I guess patience is something which we have brought in the DNA of the company rather than just 
jumping guns here and there. So I guess that is the culture which we have built. And of course, COVID helped in that direction really well. So I guess uh, for like personally for me, right, I guess I'm really enjoying the journey. The sense of excitement is every day. So the sense of rush, which is there to build for this sector, right, is huge. I mean, just to give you perspective, uh, we have served close to 600 counties in India out of 730. Just building that network out and that with cash on delivery has been humongous. There are close to 400k SKUs in the industry today. We have just like reached 20k, but getting to a 20k number has been pretty tough. So I guess like, you know, the excitement is like, you know, the foundation is built out now and uh, with the recent money coming into the picture uh, uh, in the company, right? I guess we have been able to open up our wings a little bit more than what we did earlier. So there is a lot of work to do. So now, and uh, there is a lot of excitement and uh, the real interesting part for me personally has been putting up a team together for this. So we have been able to bring people from very different walks of life, right? When Imagine in India asking top people to come and join an agriculture company. Now, agri-tech has become a, the thing in the industry today. But back in like when we started in 2020, it was very difficult. Nobody thought agriculture, agri-tech will become this big. So I guess uh, building the team has been the most challenging and the most amazing part till now. I guess and that will keep on continuing because the type of people we need now is far more important as the company is scaling. So that's the excitement. The team is so critical, especially in this current environment and for a model like what, you, what you're building, right? Where you need so many different skill sets, folks who know how to build lending products, folks who know how to do logistics, who understand, you know, the, the rural building kind of tools and for customers in rural India. So I think that's, that's really exciting what you're going to build. Last question for you. You know, just as you think about Agrim, right, spreading its wings, looking into the future, where do you see the company five years from now? What's that vision and, and what do you think you need to achieve it? Very interesting. Like, you know, that is ever evolving, by the way. So, <laughs> so last eight, nine months, right, for me, the realization has been that what we started with as an agri input play, where we are solving for agri input thing. On top of that, embedded fintech services, right? So my view is it's not just limited to that. Agrim will become a gateway to rural economy in India. So that's how I am thinking about it. So it's not just limited to agri inputs or financing. It can actually be very broad. So if anything happens in rural India, Agrim can be a gateway for that, for everyone, not just agri input players. So that is so exciting, right? Like, you know, if you ask me, like, you know, there are 10, 15 different things which you can do there. But idea is like, you know, rather than spreading our efforts into multiple directions today, keep winning one and keep launching another one. So the idea is build patiently rather than spraying and praying. So that is the approach and we are very excited. So how do you build better products for these communities? There are like tens of different things which you can think of today. My view is like in five years from now, if you are able to bring 500k retailers or like these nodes under like the marketplace model and the financial services coverage, I guess that will be a huge win for the company. Of course, for the nation as well. So that's how I'm thinking about it. Ambitious target 
but uh, all all geared up to do, get there yeah ambitious but incredibly exciting well we're at venture lab very proud and excited to be on this journey with you all at agrim thank you mccool for joining us today this has been a great conversation and and look forward to all the great things you'll accomplish in the future thank you thanks a lot for all the support so far and look forward to learn from you Next week, we'll be heading from India to Nigeria to welcome Michael Moreland, CEO and co-founder of Field Intelligence. It'll be a great chance to learn how Field makes pharmaceutical supply chains radically simple, affordable, and effective, all with a core focus on embedded finance. Not just small retailers, but also hospitals, clinics, even new telehealth virtual care clients. Everyone has come to us saying, look, the supply chain is complicated, it's expensive, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And with lockdowns, you can suddenly have your demand cut in half or evaporate overnight. We need a partner to help us with this and to share that risk.